This morning, uh, we just want to remember, and I just think it's so important that we do this, that we remember and honor those who have given their lives for our freedom. Amen? And then how we live should be a reflection of the honor that we show to them. And so this morning for Memorial Day, uh, I put this little display together, just was praying about it, and I found this picture and as I was just doing my preparation for this this last week and finishing up, and I look and I thought, man, that'd be awesome if we could do that. So I made that up into a slogan, we will never forget freedom is not free. Amen? And that's important for us to understand. We are not supposed to forget freedom is not free. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And this morning, we're going to pledge allegiance to the flag. Could you do that with me this morning? Would you just join me as we look over here? You know, it's interesting. I set the flag over by the cross for two reasons, because there are two symbols of our freedom right there together. One is our spiritual freedom in the cross, and the other is who we are as a nation, that that flag declares that we are a people that are free. Amen? So would you join me in the Pledge of Allegiance? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Give our nation a great hand. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You could be seated if you like this morning. Hallelujah. I'm going to read a couple of verses to you in dealing with this. And uh, it is so important for us to understand this, that, that our freedom is not free. And just before I read, we have our first video clip that I want you to watch. give one more hand of applause in honor of our soldiers and our freedom. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to read to you out of John chapter 15 and John chapter 10. And uh, I've asked them to leave the lights down this morning. And just uh, so if you'll just hear me this morning. John chapter 15, beginning in verse 12, Jesus said, This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends, for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain 
that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give. Verse 17, these things I command you, that you love one another. And then in John chapter 10, Jesus made this statement in verses 11 through 19. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Wow. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and I am known by my own. As a father knows me, even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them I also must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Verse 17, therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Amen? I want you to hear me this morning as we go through this. Today, as a nation, we still enjoy the life and freedoms and liberties purchased by the lives and sacrifices of others on our behalf. We are continually protected by men and women who volunteer for service to their nation to defend and secure the cause of freedom for all. We haven't had a draft since the end of the Vietnam War for over 40 years. And so every man and woman that's currently serving to protect our freedom has volunteered to do so. So today, if you served in the military, you are to be honored and remembered for your service to others. Would you just give our men and women of service a great hand of applause again? Amen. We have young people. Come on, give them a really good hand of applause this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. We have young men and family members in that. But most of all, if you or your family has ever lost a loved one in combat to protect our freedom, preserve what we hold so dear, we honor you today. This memorial, my son-in-law who served as a Marine helped me set up in Afghanistan and that. And uh, so it actually is a combat hammer, uh, uh, helmet and uh, some of the other gear here and that uh, representing. But in the field, when one of their comrades falls, then they make this memorial up to them and uh, in remembrance of them. And my son-in-law said, hey, Dad, I have some dog tags of my comrades that lost their lives when we were serving together. And he tried to find them, and he wasn't able to, and misplaced them except they're packing, they're moving to another home and stuff. So I wasn't able to get those, and I was going to be, I don't know if I'd have made it if I'd have known I had dog tags of actual fallen heroes here this morning. So, because uh, having somebody lay down their life for you really is a humbling thing. Could you say amen? So I want you to hear me this morning. The parallels between the church and serving our country are amazingly similar. The church can do no less than our servicemen and women do. The church is built on and through the lives of those who believe in the cause of freedom and the cause of Christ. And they do so with the same conviction for the cause of freedom. 
They choose to volunteer with their lives and live a life of service for the cross. They are willing to live, fight, and if need be to die to proclaim and defend the freedom purchased for all by one. The kingdom of God, like our nation, does not have a draft. It just merely asks for volunteers, for people to be involved, to rise up and to serve, because the cause is great and it is worth serving. Could you say amen? So the question is, what motivates people to volunteer for service? I believe it's when we personally become aware of the truth and the fact that someone thought my life and freedom was worth giving their life for, both on the cross and on the battlefield. And so, how could I do less other than live in a way that honors them? Would you say amen? So, volunteering. And that's why at the church, we ask you to volunteer. There's actually a place in your bulletin. Volunteer, get involved. Because this is a volunteer mobilized army. Hallelujah. And so, being involved, and there's so many levels for that. You see, freedom is not an idea or a moral concept that can merely be bestowed or conferred upon a people, a nation, or a society. Freedom is the byproduct of sacrifice, the costly price that is paid to both secure it and to protect it. Jesus prayed this prayer in the garden, and he took him, Peter, with him, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Somebody say sorrowful. Amen. And then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Somebody say even to death. Now watch this. Stay here and watch with me. And he went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed saying, oh my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. If there's any way, let this cup pass from me. And you need to remember that God had become all man. He wasn't part God and part man, but God became all men, exactly like you and I are. And at this moment in the life of Christ, he is dealing with literally having to make the choice to lay down the life that he has lived now for 33 years. And he's wrestling with that. But he knows if he doesn't lay down his life, it's going to cost others more than what this is going to cost him. And so he's choosing to do that. So in the garden, he grows through a great moment of agony and trial. And through that agony and through that trial and through that prayer, he was strengthened by God to be able to endure the cross for you and for me. And so the cause of freedom cannot be secured, preserved, and protected through tolerance. I want you to hear me this morning. The cause of freedom cannot be secured, preserved, or protected through tolerance. You're not going to tolerate with an adversary. Be tolerant with an adversary and hold on to your freedom. The only way that freedom is preserved is through diligence, service, and sacrifice for the common good of all and for the right of all to be free. We live in a nation that is espousing tolerance for everything. And as we're being more and more tolerant, we're losing more and more freedom. Now, don't misunderstand what that means. There's a way to do that and respect people in doing that. But you cannot tolerate everything without giving up everything. We can't tolerate just... Well, I'll just stay with my message. Praise the Lord. So you, I, you don't have my notes today. You don't know if I'm on point or not. Hallelujah. Amen. 
So hear it again. The cause of freedom cannot be secured, preserved, or protected through tolerance. Only through diligence, service, and sacrifice. See, there's a cost to saying no, and there's power in saying yes. Jesus knew the cost would be high for us if he said no. Jesus in the garden wrestled, but he said, Father, if I say no. Listen, we reread. He said, nobody's taking my life. I'm choosing to lay it down. But if I choose to say no, he knew that the cost for us was too high if he said no. We would have been forever separated from God and lost in our sin with no remedy or recourse for restoration. Unable to save ourselves, doomed for eternity, separated from God. So Jesus said yes. And we have men and women serving today who know that our freedom is not gained through tolerance or preserved through tolerance. And they are willing to say yes and take a vow and sign up and enlist and go and be separated from family and from friends and from loved ones to put their lives on the very line for you and I to maintain our freedom. Amen. So think about it. The power of a yes is what Jesus gave to us and what our men and women have given to us. Freedom is not free. We have freedom from sin because of his yes in the garden. And we have freedom as a nation because of our men and women of service. We have freedom and liberty in America because of a yes and that is paid for by so many. We can never afford to forget that our freedom has never been free. Watch this next clip if you would.
you give our men and women of service another hand of applause, please? Amen. Thank you. Amen. Come on, I believe we need to restore patriotism back in America. Amen. So I want you to hear me this morning. Every day we're faced with an innumerable amount of choices. We are given a virtual plethora of opinions and directors when it comes to making our choices. There are even those around us who choose to live only for the moment or even less for themselves. With all of the influences and opportunities of life that are before us, I think there is still a question that we must ask ourselves and answer. Each of us within our own heart. What is truly worth living for and what is truly worth dying for? I know that is, this is supposed to be a weekend of ease and I heard one person say this is not National Barbecue Day. This is Memorial Day. Amen. And meeting that, but it's not a question that we like to answer or examine, but it is a life question that I believe we must each ask ourselves. See, the foundational core of our Christian faith is this. There's a God who believes that we, His creation, were not only worth living for, but we were worth the very life of His own Son. We were worth dying for. You, my friend, each and every one of you. The Lord said, you are the ones I lay my life down for. I choose. Here in this garden, I'm sorrowful, even my soul unto death. But I'm choosing to lay down my life for you because you are worth dying for. So the question is, what's the value of a soul, a nation, a life, and the cause of freedom? How costly is it to redeem a soul? How much would God be willing to pay to do so? You see, to be a true believer in the Lord Jesus Christ is to know and to understand why He died. He died because you were worth it. Amen? Hallelujah. Think about it. Jesus said that there was no greater love, as we read, than to lay down one's life for a friend. And every day there are many heroic deeds that are done to save life. But what about saving a soul? So I was putting this together, I remembered, and I actually remember doing the service right after this incident happened, and it was in May of 2012, and uh, our, our, our youth have gone to these events, but a, a, a young man named Ron Luce started a, a, a movement for young people called Acquire the Fire. And back in 2012, his daughter and some other uh, Oral, U, Oral, Oral Roberts University graduates were traveling to an Acquire a Fire event. And on the way, there was a plane crash. They were in a private chartered plane. And on the way, uh, five graduates from ORU were in that plane. And the plane crashed in a field, skidded 200 feet, hit the trees, and burst into flames. The, passenger, the, the, the pilots and three of the passengers were killed instantly in the crash. Two were still alive. Hannah Luce. Ron's daughter, and Austin Anderson, a 27-year-old Marine veteran who had served two tours of duty in Iraq. The reports are that he made the choice to pull Hannah from the flames, knowing he was risking his own life in the process. He then helped her to the road where they flagged down help. 
After arriving at the hospital, Austin died from the trauma of having burns over 90% of his body. After being treated in the hospital, Hannah, under a respirator, was not able to talk because of the smoke inhalation, asked for a piece of paper. And on that piece of paper, she just simply wrote, Austin saved me. Austin saved me. Jesus said, greater love has no one, no man, than to lay down his life for a friend. This truly was a heroic act to save a life. But what about saving a soul? Every person you and I know or meet in this life that is not accepted, believed in, received, or given their life to Christ is in danger of the fires of hell. We don't like to talk about that. They need someone who will love them enough to rescue them. Someone who will make the choice of putting their reputation, their pride, or maybe even their very life on the line to save them. You see, Austin, for Austin, he couldn't wait for another day. He couldn't wait for a more convenient time. He had one chance to save one life, even if it meant his own life. As a Marine, he had been trained to do just that, to respond to the face of adversity for the safety, protection, and welfare of those he had taken an oath to protect. Even though his tour of duty was over, this was instilled and ingrained into his character. This was not an option. This is what you do. This is who he was. He had been discipled and disciplined to respond without thinking. He could not be content to be safe knowing he had left someone behind perishing in the flames. Can we simply live our lives content to go to heaven, having escaped the judgment and fire of hell through God's grace and allow others to perish in the flames? He chose to possibly die that she might possibly live. Amen. When we remember the fallen, that's what we're remembering. That your life, my life, our freedom, everything we have was worth them, to them, was worth putting their life on to protect. And virtually if it meant going into the flames, into the fire to do so, if it meant literally putting their life on the line to do so, they said yes. How many know there's a cost to saying no and a price for saying yes I'm thankful for the yes that has been said you see hear me this morning people matter to God people matter to God how much I believe this much people matter to God and for us I think Days like this cause us to remember we need to shake ourselves out of the complacency when it comes to looking for a way to witness to people, to reach out to people. Austin didn't have, he couldn't, have, he couldn't wait for another day, 
for a more convenient time. Sometime we need to strike, if you would, while the iron is hot or while the opportunity is before us to share the gospel with people. Would you agree this morning? Amen. So hear me, people matter to God, all people everywhere, and they matter this much to God. John 3.16 has almost become a throwaway verse for those of us who have grown up or spent a long period of time in evangelical church. We can all proudly quote it, but do we take into consideration the depth of its meaning, the profundity of this action, and the immensity of this love? God so loved the world that that would not but have, and that's the price. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus praying in the garden, sorrowful Lord, is there any other way for them to have life without me losing my life? And I want you to hear me this morning. We think in our nation and doing that, you will never negotiate your way into peace at times. Sometimes I'm sorry. I love the movie The Patriot because it brings out both sides. And, 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 and one line in there uh, that the, the Mel Gibbs says, hey, what makes men think that we can justify losing life to preserve and dwell? Sometimes you don't get a chance to justify. You just have to defend and fight for what is right and for the cause of freedom. And doing other things. But, but, but there's that area of living and giving and serving others with our life. Think about the love of God that sent His Son from His throne to live in the midst of our human sin and squalor. Not just to live here, but to die here. Think about that. God loves us, the whole world of us, so much that He sent His Son not to a battlefield where there was a chance of dying, but as a sheep is sent to the slaughter with no chance of survival. Think about it. Jesus did not come just to teach us how to live right. If I'm just right, if I just live right. He came for us more than just to live right. He came to die in our place. He chose to give his life that we might live. Let me ask you this. I wonder how Hannah feels about Austin. This month would mark six years from the day. That event happened around May 8th or May 10th, somewhere around in there. Six years ago in May, I remember getting the bulletins on it and the flashes on it, reading the articles on it. So now six years later, she's alive because he gave his life. In a moment when there was no choice, she was in those flames. The flames were around her. The only way for him to get to her was to put himself in the flames to bring her out. And literally... More than likely, shielding her with his body through the flame. Him incurring all of the brunt of that fire so that she might live. Have you know the Bible says that Jesus bore our sins? He took our sins. He took the whole brunt of that for us that we might live. I wonder if Hannah will be able to live a life of self-seeking after being saved by the sacrifice of another. I bet every day she thinks about, how can I just think about myself when someone thought so much about me that they gave their life for me to be able to live? I love what I heard one person say. It says, years ago, it said, you have never looked into the eyes of anyone who doesn't matter to the Father. You've never looked into the eyes of anyone who doesn't matter to the Father. 
And there's some things that I get discouraged about with our nation and everything going on and all the protests and everything else. But you know what? Freedom belongs to everybody. Even when they don't respect it or understand the price that was paid for them to be knuckleheads. Amen. (laughs) See, I'm getting better at being nice. People matter enough to the Lord that he traded his throne for a stable and a cross. That's how much people matter to God. That's how much you matter to Him. So when it comes to Christ, to Him, we are worth dying for. To me, He is worth living for. The other day I had somebody ask me, I said, well, how long have you been in the ministry? I said, well, this year marks 37 years that I've been in full-time ministry. He says, my, you must have been very young when you started. He said, yes, I was four. In my dreams. Amen. But with that, he goes, wow, that, was that hard? Was that light? I said, no, I prayed a prayer that I meant. December 13, 1978, I knelt down and I prayed, Lord, I give you my life. And from this day on, I will go wherever you want me to go. I'll be wherever you ask me to be. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. I will live for you the rest of my life. And to the best of my ability, I've just purposed to live for the Lord. And God has continually opened doors of opportunity. If you say, Lord, I will live for you, He will give you the opportunity to live for Him. Not to live knowing Him. There's a difference in living knowing Him and living for Him. Saying yes and living out your yes. Because a yes is costly. It costs something. But a no has a price to it as well. I would rather pay the price of a yes than the price of a no. Amen? And so living that out. And he is a gentleman. He's actually about two years older than me. And he says, wow, now that I'm retired, I told the Lord, I, I'm gonna, I have time to serve you. I thought, man, dive in. Well, better late than never. Amen? Get on in there and do something great for God. Believe for God to do great things. Think about Jesus. When it comes to Christ, to me, he's worth living for and dying for. See, he didn't just believe in me. He lived and died for me and for you. So I choose the same, to live my life for his glory. I choose to be crucified to a life of service. The Apostle Paul said this in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. I'm crucified with him. That should have been me, and I choose to identify with that. I'm crucified with Christ. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. Amen? And so we choose to live that way, to live that crucified life. And so we say, I will give my life. When it comes to our men and women of service, I'm curious. How do you show gratitude and say thank you to those who must bear the burden of ultimate sacrifice? I love the videos. They're awesome. They're heartwarming, heartbreaking. When you see the video, you get the YouTube videos out there of the mom or the dad that surprises the little child coming home from the service. They've been, you know, deployed and then they come home and sneak up on them and the kids and the families reunited and stuff. But how many know there's no reuniting here that's taking place? 
And so somewhere, how do we say that? There are so many lives daily. There are so many lives and through the years that have borne the burden of our freedom. Think about the moms. If you've never been to Arlington Cemetery, I would encourage you if you get a chance to go. It's one of the most life, heart-moving experiences that you will ever experience. To walk the fields of Arlington, the hills of Arlington, and see the, in my mind, the uncountable markers of lives that have been given and fallen for our freedom. I've had the privilege, I'd say the privilege and the honor to be able to be at, at the changing of the guard three times. And every time I'm there, I'm shaken by that experience. I've never made it through that experience without weeping. Because I watch the honor that those soldiers give to an unknown grave. To a soldier who's brought back and no identity of who he actually is. But when you go through Arlington, I'm telling you right now, the unknown soldiers, every man, woman, and child that has put their life on the line for your freedom. And I watch them honoring that soldier. And they count it the highest honor to be chosen for that detail. And it, just, it, it, it is amazing the dignity and the respect that they bring. I've been there and I've watched the sergeant of arms call people out. For talking, for moving, for doing anything. Stop. And literally call. And you're like, this dude will take me out. Because what they're doing is showing honor and respect to those who have fallen for our freedom. Who have paid the ultimate price. Can you say amen? It, it's, it is the most awesome thing that you can experience. And so when you go there and you see those graves, maybe you say, well, I could never make it to Arlington. You know, we have a mini cemetery right here in Davis, a national cemetery right here in Davis, right outside between Davis and Dixon on Highway 80. And you can go there and you can walk there. It's, a, it's an amazing place. I've had the honor of doing, in fact, this flag, the folded flag here is my father-in-law's flag. He retired Air Force and all of our retired military men and women and those who have fallen are honored with being allowed to be buried there it's an amazing place the chapels that they have there the the, the uh, uh, ceremony that they give for them the, the 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 gun salute that they bring and that is heart moving and it's awesome because they deserve it amen and uh, so it's so important that we remember so Listen to this next clip. An orchestra overhead of rocket blasts and gunfire sing the song of sacrifice. Fallen heroes of honor and valor have long given their lives exemplifying the words of Jesus Christ, who said, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Their commitment to freedom is strong and their courage is infallible. Our future, our hope, and our faith in America reside in God's provision with his hand of blessing upon our country. Our nation is one that among all the nations of the earth which holds in its hands 
the fate of the coming years. It is by the boldness of patriots, young and old, and their gallant efforts that we live today with such great abundance. Amen. Hallelujah. So when it comes to our men and women of service, to them, we were worth dying for. To me, they are worth living a life that respects their sacrifice. They just don't use their freedom. They defend it. They are the ones who have lived and died that you and I might be free. So I choose to live a life that makes a difference and honor theirs. I choose to give my life. If I was called upon, I could do it without question. Watch this last clip if you would. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. Each one of those markers is a monument to the kind of hero I spoke of earlier. Their lives ended in places called Bellow Wood, the Argonne, Omaha Beach, Salerno, and halfway around the world on Guadalcanal, Tarawa, Porkchop Hill, the Chosin Reservoir, and in a hundred rice paddies and jungles of a place called Vietnam. Under one such marker lies a young man, Martin Treptow, who left his job in a small town barber shop in 1917 to go to France with the famed Rainbow Division. There on the Western Front, he was killed trying to carry a message between battalions under heavy artillery fire. We're told that on his body was found a diary. On the flyleaf, under the heading, My Pledge, he had written these words. America must win this war. Therefore, I will work, I will save, I will sacrifice, I will endure. I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. We must realize that no arsenal or no weapon in the arsenals of the world is so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women. It is a weapon our adversaries in today's world do not have. It is a weapon that we as Americans do have. Let that be understood by those who practice terrorism and prey upon their neighbors. As for the enemies of freedom, 
those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Amen. Come on, give our heroes one more hand of appreciation. So worship team comes back. I don't know about you. I want to live like I've been pulled from the flames at the expense of another's life. Because I have. The scars from my past are the proof of the flames that I would have perished if not for Christ. When you look at your past and we look at our past, we see those scars. It's proof that we were in the fire. But somebody said, hey, I refuse to live my life. Think about that. Austin said, I'm out. I could live. I could survive. But my friend is alive in the flames. And I could not live with myself leaving my friend in the flames. Jesus said, my creation is caught in the flames. I could go back. Listen to what Jesus said. He said to Pilate. Pilate said, I have the power to crucify you or to set you free. Jesus just looked at him and said, you have no power over me. He said, if I wanted, I could ask my father. He had sent 12 legions of angels to deliver me. That comment back to Pilate from Jesus shook him. The Bible records that from that moment on, he tried to let him go. Because he realized, though, he was a pontus. That he had a sphere of authority. He was facing somebody that had greater authority than him. And so the one who could have rescued himself with a word. Could have went back to heaven and said, Father, I can't go through with that. Said, no, I can't live my life. Leaving my people in the flame. So I don't know about you. I want to live like I've been dragged out of the flames. Because I have been. Amen. Maybe you're here today and you think sometimes in this. Why do we as the church, why do we ask you to be involved? Because freedom is important. One of the things we're working on moving forward is figuring out how to more effectively minister to our children, to young families. They need our help. There was ever a day and an hour when our families need help, it's today. You know, the only way we can minister to kids on a greater level is with more people who will enlist. Sign me up, I'll serve, I'll help. I I could do that. I could teach, I could do a class, I could help a child. 
Think about all the things kids are being bombarded with today. Our culture. Challenged in areas of identity on every level. The challenge against the home, the breakdown of the family. We're in a war. We're in a war. And there's no draft. There's only volunteers. People have gone before us to get us to where we are. Now this is our time. This is our Esther season. God's brought us forth from here. For this time. Could you say amen? And so I encourage you. Say yes. Live like you've been dragged out of the flame. Think about Hannah. How does she think about Austin? How would you feel if somebody ran into you there? Every day we have first responders putting their life on the line. Men and women, I just saw a thing the other day where uh, uh, an officer went into the burning fire to save a life. Men and women all the time put their life because they believe saving life is worth the price. Amen? So today, Memorial Day weekend, this is set aside, our nation set aside to remember the fallen, those who valued freedom and gave their life to protect it. And we remember that the Lord valued our life and gave his life for our freedom. Amen? Would you stand with me this morning? Maybe you're here today. And as Sean said, the Lord's brought you here. I want you to hear this. Lives have been given. And blood has been shed for you to be able to be free. Lives have been given. And blood has been shed for you to be able to be free. The price was paid for the cause of freedom for you to be free today. If you're here today and you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then Jesus is here for you today. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, come on all of us out loud. Heavenly Father, I thank you today. You love me enough to send your son to die for me. Jesus, you made the choice to come into the fire to put your life down to save me. Today, I believe and I confess you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying for me that I might have life through your death. I give you my life. From this day on, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. I'll be whatever you ask me to be. And I'll say whatever you tell me to say. I will live for you. Because you died for me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now I just sometimes, I pray every time they pray a prayer like that. Because I want to get saved and commit my life over and over. Amen. I want to live a committed life. And if you're here today and you have any type of yoke or weight or bondage, any type of oppression from the enemy thing that's, that's got you chained up and not living free, I want you to just move right now. They're going to lead us in worship.